All right. This is Parshas Chayisara. Parshas Chayisara is um, pretty much the segue from the past two Parshios where we dealt with the life mainly of Abraham and Sarah. This week's Parsha starts off, Sarah passes away, and pretty much we're phasing in to the next of the uh, of the founding couples, Isaac and Rebecca. So, what, there's a tremendous amount of focus on the story of how Rivka, Rebecca, was found. Abraham and Yitzhak lived in Israel, and because Yitzhak had um, been almost been a sacrifice, he was not supposed to leave the land of Israel. And his father Abraham said, you know, he didn't really think there were any suitable matches for him in the land of Israel. And he said, you know what? I got family back uh, back home where I came from, somewhere I don't know, Iraq. I'm not sure exactly where where it was. And he said that, you know, they, you know, they, I come from good stock. I like my family, even though we have some very, very big disagreements about some, probably almost everything fundamental, but there's certain, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, character traits that uh, his family had that he really uh, was excited about. And he sent his faithful servant, Eliezer, to see if he could find a suitable wife over there. So famously, uh, Eliezer devises a plan. And he says, says to God, look, you know, God, I'm trying to find a wife. I'm trying to find a, pro- a good prospect to see maybe we can make a match over here. How am I going to know? He's, I have no idea. So he, he devises a plan. And the plan is, he says, God, you know, I'm, I'm here. I need what to drink from the well and, and my camels need and my, my, uh, my employees need. If someone comes and offers to help, and then offers to help everybody involved, they're the one. And as soon as he's done talking to God, lo and behold, comes Rivka, and she does exactly what the test what the test uh, was, and um, there's a lot of details involved. And the famous Rashi that says, why the Torah is so careful with its words, why is the Torah going through all these details? You know, it's a pretty simple story. You went found somebody and you know this goes on and on and on and it says that it's very important it's almost more important to learn from a great person than sometimes to 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 learn information like I say from, from a book in other words what you're able sometimes to um to uh to to accomplish by being around someone who is what to learn from that person, it can often do much more than you can learn in a class or a school or a book. And this is a great lesson that we have. Um, you know, certainly for anything in life, we know in most industries, there's something called an internship, there's residencies, there's periods that you can go to school to be a doctor forever, but if you don't hang out with doctors, you're not going to know what to do. And this 
is certainly true for the game of life. Uh, this is the whole idea of parents. What parents? The the main messages that parents will give their children and teachers and us as influencing everyone around us is how we behave. People watch and are influenced, uh, even subconsciously, by uh, by what we do. So that is a uh, we have to realize a that's how we're going to learn things by surrounding ourselves and being around people who is what to learn from them. And and on the uh, on the flip side, uh, there's um, we have to realize people are learning from us. We're not in a vacuum; that we are affecting other people. So, what was it exactly? We, well, let's look at this little uh, "quote unquote" test. That um, again, it was a litmus test to try to find. You know, you. Have, Thousands of young, wonderful women, you know, looking to see what he was looking for. So one thing that he was looking for, if the person would do more than ask. I know many people, you go to them, you ask them for a favor. A lot of people will say yes. Not every person will offer to do more than ask. The person offers to do more than they're asked. Often, what that means is that they they actually love and appreciate the um, the um, the the opportunity. And that was one of the things that Ripka did. Eliezer asked her to help him with some water from the well, and she said, "I'll also give you to your camels and your men." And that is a, uh, uh, a, what the Torah wants us to love about kindness. Kindness, God doesn't want us to be opportunist kindness. God, uh, kindness doers. God wants us to be, to emulate God. God, he's always doing kindness without being asked. I mean, think about how much each one of us, uh, how much we get from God without God even, even waiting for us to ask. The famous idea says, before we even ask, God gives. Think about every day how much we get. If we, if, if we, if God only did if we asked, we'd be in pretty, pretty big trouble. All right. So the Torah continues over here, and um, <clears throat> the famous Rabbi of Yonason Ibshitz, he hones in on a word. It says. Rivka was coming towards Eliezer, and she put the she was holding a pitcher on her shoulder. Nice detail, but again, the Torah doesn't just do details. So he says, interestingly, that she most people at the time, because everyone had to go to the well to get water, and some people had pitchers, and they pulled in it. People had sized little pitchers, and they pulled in it. So a lot of people, if they had a good pitcher. They would kind of like keep it under the jacket, keep it low. But Rifko, she brought her picture right in front and center so everyone could see it. And if you don't know what it says, she was doing this because she had said, you know what? Here, I am happy to share. I am happy to help. And I'm going to make sure you know that. He said that if we, if someone has an ability to help someone, it is a it, it is a um, 
a recommended, approved, encouraged practice to, it's not about, you know, making a song look like I'm, I'm better than you, I'm such so amazing, about making it available to people. There's it, it, a, a wonderful practice in, in, in Jewish communities, and perhaps it's in other communities also, but I certainly know it's in many Jewish communities, very big practice, something called a gemach. Gemach stands for gemilas chesed, bestowing kindness. What a gemach means, if someone has something that they want available to borrow, people think of things, oh, what would be something that people need once in a while, and I'll have it, and I'll be the gemach for that. So some, some people have, will have a table gemach. Someone once in a while needs extra tables or chairs, and everything. there's a community in Israel that has like this whole section, like lists and lists of, it's a beautiful thing. You think of things that you don't have to be a rich person. Think of things that either your skill set or things that you have that that could benefit other people, and you and you bring it to their attention. Um, again, it's about being not just uh, as kindness comes your way, being proactive with kindness. The fact that Talmud in Brother Basra says that it was the custom in old Jerusalem, that if someone was interested in having guests, they would tie a white uh, ribbon on their door and people would know, oh, that's a house, I need somewhere to eat. That's a house that is happy if I stop by. Beautiful thing. So this young woman, Rebecca, obviously a very, very high level uh, young lady. She comes up to the well and as she gets there, Usually, you know, you have to throw down a, uh, um, a, a, a pail. But this time, the water rose. It was a miracle. Eliezer was blown away. Wow, this must be a very high-level person. But that wasn't enough to clinch for him, that she was the right one. He wanted to wait and see if she did kindness. And we see that's how amazing kindness is. We keep seeing this over and over again. It's really what life is uh, is all about. Life is all about not making us less and less selfish, more and more godlike, more and more giving. So, in the details here, so Rabbi Rabbi Hirsch, from Shanshanafal Hirsch, famous rabbi from the 1800s, of a leader of German Jewry, he notices that she she so he asks her to help she says sure and does it but when she finishes doing what he asks that's when she offers to help do more and by her says we see from here that a person should be careful not to talk big or to do talk more than you can do it's much better, we see in Ethics of the Fathers, it says, much better to do a lot and talk little and to do a lot than to talk a lot and to do little. So, you know, because sometimes you don't meet expectations, you never know what's going to happen. You always want to outperform what you say. So, what is this act? It's not some major emergency he probably didn't even need her help 
but it's considered this was the litmus test. What what are we bringing out from the fact that it was such a mundane situation that that's what uh, this is what 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 Eliezer was was looking for. And the path of the just of Moshe Chaim Luzato or Sharm brings out this is an extremely central, a, a very, very central theme in Judaism. Judaism um, celebrates the mundane. We celebrate the day to day. We celebrate the nitty gritty. We celebrate the idea of raising everyday activities to higher levels. That's why having a family is encouraged in Judaism, marriage is encouraged, having children, being a part of a community, working is, is certainly a big, it's not discouraged. Person has a particular talent, okay? So then, then they should use their talents. And in general, where we say, be a person, be a fully engaged human being in this world. That is what Judaism celebrates. We say, take this world, take the day-to-day, and elevate it. And we we all, well, most of us, assuming we're not villains, our days are filled with, with things that are not bad. They may actually be filled with things that are good, but we're not thinking about them. We're not necessarily taking them and elevating them. If you're doing a kindness for someone anyway, be 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 um, specific about it. Be be focused on. Hey, wow, th- this is an amazing thing that I'm doing. Isaac Sher was famous for saying that whatever you're doing anyway, you're doing it already. Just elevate it. The story with uh, Shalom Shadron, a famous, uh, very inspiring lecturer in Jerusalem, passed away. It must be about 15, 20 years ago. So he was walking, taking his child to the doctor. And the great Rabbi Sheriff, Isaac Sheriff, saw him and he said, what are you doing? So Rabbi Shadron said, well, I'm taking my, uh, um, I'm taking my, uh, my son to the doctor. So he said, what are you doing? He's like, maybe in here, I'm taking my son to the doctor. I found that four or five times, he kept saying the same answer. And Isaac Sher said to him, he said, you're doing a, a, a wonderful thing, taking another human being to the doctor. You could view it as like, look, this is my parental responsibility. I got to do it. If no one else do it, who won't? Or I can get called in by the, by, the, by the family services. Or you could look at it. I am doing kindness for another individual. It happens to be my son. You can look at it as a very benevolent act, or it can just be, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you have to sit there and go neurotic and, you know, be so overly uh, focused. But um, with a little bit of, of focus, you can really change your life. Life could be full of meaning and full of happiness when you realize and take the things you're doing anyway and, um, and elevate them. So... Abraham lost his wife, says he's sitting there mourning, he's doing the Shiva. God comes and comforts him. And we learn from here, we learn from God, A, that one per, a person should go pay a Shiva call, a person should go if someone is in mourning, and, uh, and, and, and visit them. And 
the commentators take this opportunity to teach what is appropriate. What is what is a what is the kindness that we say is such a great kindness when you go to pay a shiva call, pay your respects to someone who's mourning. And one of the things that is brought out is that the purpose, now what is shiva, just to speak it out, shiva is that ostensibly for the week after, um, the week after um, the, um, the week after someone has a close relative that passes away, the immediate family basically stays home and doesn't do anything else except for pretty much be present with their with their with their remorse. And it's an opportunity for people to come and share in their pain. Now, this custom is pretty widely uh, held and um the challenge though is is that while we keep the framework and the structure of it often the intent of it is lost because the purpose of it is not for it's for to help the mourners and what the and what the torah teaches us is that what mourners need is mourners need to process the pain process their feelings and a couple um uh, old but tried and true traditions for Shiva are that you wait for the mourner to talk. Because you don't know what they're feeling. You don't know what they want to talk about. If you start talking, they might need to be quote-unquote polite and talk about what you want to talk about. Or listen to something they don't want to listen to about right now. And this is all about helping them. And that's why one thing we do, we wait for them to talk. Another thing we do is we which is hard, and I think believe it's it's a trend that is is, is is there, but it's not really what God wants, not what our tradition tells us, is that we we have a tendency to maybe have small talk, and talk about trivialities, and things that may distract the mourner from their pain, and this doesn't help them because there is a real acute pain that 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 that, that psychology, I'm sure psychology corroborates this, but the, the, but. This is part of our ancient wisdom that we, it, it, what's helpful is that there's a, you know, a focus on qualities of the, of the, of the deceased, things that you can learn from them, that, that helps a person process, but a distracting one from the morning and, you know, there, there'll be a time for distraction. There'll be a, after Shiva, there'll be a time when, a, but during the Shiva, I've, I've talked to people who maybe sat Shiva once, not in, not with the, you know, the classic customs and later on did it with, and they said it was, you know, it was amazing uh, how, how wise and how true our, our, our customs are. Sometimes it may not, they may be counterintuitive. We may not understand them. And, um, but it's been working for a long, long time. So that is another one of the of the lessons on this expression. Some other infamous story at the beginning of the Torah portion is when Abraham is looking for a grave for his wife. He finds the famous piece of land in Hebron. We know today's the double cave, the tomb of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, 
And actually, that's one of the small parts of uh, the city of Hebron that Jews are allowed to enter in today. Uh, even when you go, you, you kind of got to go in an armored vehicle. Not a very safe place. But Avram wanted this piece of land. And he found the owner. And the a lot of lessons are gleaned from the interactions. He, the person's name was Ephron. He was the quintessential swindler. He talked big, did nothing. And Abraham dealt with him. It was it's just a beautiful act to watch how you can sometimes we will uh, legitimize our activity. And we say, what do you want from me? I'm dealing with the schmo. That person really pressed my buttons. That person drives me crazy. What do you want from me? We see from here, here you have a man. He's in so much pain. He has every excuse in the book. Wife just passed away. The whole course of events leading up to it was kind of very, 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 very I'm sure it was very challenging, was surprising. And then he's going to get this land, land of Israel, which he was promised, and he ends up get, paying a ton of money for it. And it's not a pleasant interaction. But he keeps, he does not stoop to that level. He's able to have a whole course of events and conversation and keep his level. And that is, um, that that's what developing a person's character is all about. You know, I'm, I'm far from the marriage counselor, certainly don't have marriage all figured out. But as a rabbi, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you have uh, people who uh, may want you at least to listen to them, maybe even ask you for advice, try to tell them some mistakes not to make, maybe. And I was involved in one particular situation recently, and the person really felt there was no hope. And they said, what can I do when these particular things happen? It just, it just makes me go crazy. And I said, look, you know, I can't. I can't, I can't change anyone. I can't, sounds like it's a very complicated and nuanced, but I'll tell you this much you can do. You can try your best and pretty much commit to not losing control. You can get angry. You can get upset. You can get really upset, but you have the ability. There is nothing anyone can do Unless they're, I guess they're hurting you, like actually, like you know, I don't know, twisting your arm all the way around your back. And but, 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 there's nothing someone can't treat you that you. It, it may be reasonable if you behave differently, but but as human beings, we have control. We have control of our reactions and of our history. Where is replete with this, but this is a, an amazing idea that the Torah teaches us over and over again. Um, that we, we, we're, in the, we're in the driver's seat. And that is actually what it means when it means we're in the image of God. We have the ability to be in the driver's seat. Just a few, just a quick review of what, some things that we focused on. Focus on the idea of that a person is emulating God when they do more than they're asked to do. It's a, show, a sign that you love to do kindness. You're not just being a reacting uh, kindness person. You're a person who looks for kindness. 
we learn from Jones and Ibshis that when you have either a talent or not a, a resource that, that you can help other people with advertising, make sure that it can be readily available uh, to be to be used. We learned how even how kindness is even greater than a supernatural miracle. Because we waited to even though the water rose for Rivka, he doesn't want to wait to see her her, her kindness. We talked about not talking big and doing a little, but doing more than, than, than you say. We saw the idea of uh, essential concept of Judaism is taking the day-to-day and making it more meaningful, making it more, more uh, thoughtful. We saw how, how great and important the kindness is to... Um, to help people who are in a state of mourning and be totally focused on that we want to give to them. And lastly, we learn how from this inter- interaction with Avram that even when you're stressed and things are not good and someone's pressing all your buttons, you are in control. And your control is not, nothing that will make you happier in the world than a person feeling control. We feel, we feel so stressed out and anxious when we feel out of control person is always in control of themselves. We should have a beautiful Shabbos and let's be in control of ourselves.